This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. This is a very festive one as we're recording on Christmas Eve and that is why our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce, is not here because he would never ever work at Christmas. However, I am joined by Christian Walsh. Hi Christian. Hello Doyle. And also by the tallest member of the sports desk, it's Paul Ghost. Hi Paul. Hello Ian. Are we all good? Are we all ready to rock and roll? Are we ready for Christmas? No. Have we done our Christmas shopping? Nope. And that's because we are men. Yeah, no, I am actually. <laughs> and then, and then, I think that's a bit harsh on James, by the way. I know he's working. He, he worked, he, yeah. He, he, and also, he, did work, he worked on the Saturday, didn't he? Yeah. Saturday. So, but he did do it from home, which is uh, Bath near Bristol, his spiritual home, in fact. Anyway, Christian, myself, James, and you were at uh, Molyneux on Friday night. We saw Liverpool open up a four-point lead at the top of the Premier League, which is still a four-point lead in the Premier League because Crystal Palace somehow managed to beat Manchester City 3-2 on Saturday. First of all, we'll talk about that in a bit. What was your view on the game? Personally, I thought it was a very professional Liverpool performance. It wasn't easy. The conditions were pretty terrible. Wolves have got a very good record against uh, top six teams this season. But Liverpool got the job done and they did it well, didn't they? On a personal level, I think it was sort of the game that made something click in my head about what this Liverpool team are capable of now. I think even though they've before the game, what was it, 14 wins, three draws, I think there was a little bit inside me which thought, well, you know, there's, there's still they've still got it in them to, to throw throw one in. They've still got it in them to, to, to you know, take away victory um, and, and was it snatch victory from the jaws of the feet or whatever it is the other way around. from the jaws of victory is what you're looking for. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but... It was ninety minutes, as you say, professionalism. It was, it was the performance of champions, and I don't say that lightly. I really don't, and I'm reluctant to say it as well, in a way, because you know, there's still twenty games left in this in this Premier League campaign. A hell of a lot can happen. There's still sixty points to play for, but Liverpool had the air of a, of a team who, come May, could be lifting that Premier League trophy. I thought from front to back and in the midfield, they were absolutely. I wouldn't say phenomenal. They were just they were just better. They were better than Wolves, and okay, Wolves are a newly promoted side, but the the, the they're better than not. Yeah, they're, they're not. not. Yeah, they're really not. They are at the same level of say Leicester and Everton for me. Um, and to go there and and to be so routine about it and and so so controlled about it, it, it really impressed me. And, I, and I, I walked away from Molyneux there thinking, do you know what? This this is a team actually who could do something very special this year. Are you in agreement with that, Paul? Do you think Liverpool have perhaps shown that they are a team not to be trifled with? Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, and I, I take your point about that being the results where you you kind of start wondering how far this team can go. I think, for me, that was Burnley a few weeks back when um, they went there and they were 1-0 down and they've ended up coming away with the win. But it, it was just such a controlled and, and measured performance and they were never put under any undue pressure. The defence held firm like they have for, for so many games and... It was a real banana skill of Friday night, you know, just before Christmas. All the home fans were certainly right up for it and it just had all the hallmarks of a of a potential slip-up and it never looked like it was going to happen, did it, as soon as the whistle went? Um, Mohamed Salah, once again, with a superb finish. Virgil van Dijk was immense, as he as he is every week. And, yeah, it was just a controlled, measured, uh, standard 2-0 win. And, um, you know, it is, it is going to be interesting now because four points clear, it's Christmas and... That, that game at Manchester City is going to be huge it's not even, it's, next week or it's whatever it's it is. not even like it's four points and it's uh, 
you know, a title race where teams are slipping up and it's literally, they've gone head to head and Liverpool have emerged from this four points. It's like, it's like two heavyweight boxers slugging it out and ultimately we're, well, let's say we're six rounds in and Liverpool is shading it 4-2 on the cards. And and that is, that's not to the detriment of Man City. Man City have have played some fantastic football this season. Liverpool are four points ahead of them. It's it's, it's unbelievable. Especially when you consider the start that Chelsea and Tottenham and and City, City have all had and, you know, to, to a certain point, it was their best start to a Premier League season, wasn't it? And Liverpool are still four top, four clear at the top. I mean, City's defeat for me underlines that that's the kind of thing that can happen in the Premier League. You can lose at home to a team such as Crystal Palace, who haven't done particularly well this season, but they do have those kind of players who on their day, such as Andros Townsend. I mean, if anybody scores a better goal than that this season, I'd well, like, he nearly I'd, did against Liverpool. To, yeah, exactly. I'd love to see it. Yeah, so. Well, there you go. There's the difference there. He scores it against City, doesn't score it against, against Liverpool. But you're right, Liverpool, obviously I'm old, so putting things into context, if that performance had been from Liverpool, say, 25 years ago, no, 30 years ago, you just thought that was a Liverpool performance because that's a team that regularly wins things. It knows there's a, there's a, there's like an economy over over what they did. Whereas, you know, in the maybe less, last season a little bit, and certainly during when Liverpool were going for the title under Brendan Rodgers, there was this kind of we've got to absolutely go for this every yeah. single game. And they're just like flying out the blocks and doing this, that and the other. Liverpool don't have to do that anymore because they know they've got the keeper who can make the saves. Like Alisson on Friday made what looked like routine saves, but because of the, the weather and yeah, the deflected the, one the was deflected a good one, save. And, and the one where in the second half with the shot from the uh, corner that dropped, I can't remember who it dropped to, probably size because nearly every shot fell to him. He just he gathered it from from close range. Well, it was at him. You can imagine that's a game where a lot of other goalkeepers would have parried it, would have come out, and somebody would have would knocked it in. And then you've got we'll come on to him a bit later on. But Van Dijk, you know, he imperious at centre back, and the likes of Fabinho and Henderson in, in midfield. These players are coming in, and they give a sense of this is a strong Liverpool team. And the opponents know that when Liverpool score, it's like you could see it. Wolves responded well when they scored, uh, when Liverpool scored. But you could tell around the place that was a. Oh, no, because even uh, the manager after the game said, once Liverpool went ahead, we knew we were up against it because they're such a strong team. It's so, an aura. So that's it. Liverpool now have built over time under Jurgen Klopp this this, you know, this aura. It's, it's aura. a good word. It's, it's an aura that, that, that they are not unbeatable because everybody can lose, but if anybody's going to be unbeatable, as has been proven now, that it's going to be Liverpool this season. And and we talk about orders, you know, we talked about Manchester City's aura. Well, that's been vented in recent weeks mm. because... When they've won, they've not necessarily won that well, and now they're starting to well, the, lose the, games. The other thing about City, somebody else I was speaking to, is if you look back over recent weeks, they've started to leak a few goals, yes. and that's what can happen. It builds up to a game such as the the Palace one, where they have let in a goal, then another, and then another. It's that kind of not panic, but it's that sense of oh, hang on, you know, things aren't going quite quite to plan here. That hasn't really happened for Liverpool this season because they do have that defence that. Hasn't had a single game where they've conceded two, let alone three. I think what also you get is, yes, there's been a little bit of rotation, but Liverpool now have, after so many years of, of supporters lamenting the lack of one, they have a spine, which is up there with Europe's best. You've got Alisson Becker, you've got Virgil van Dijk. I think soon enough you can maybe put Fabinho in there because, yet again, he's really, really, especially in this 4-2-3-1, he's really starting to show his worth. Mm. And then, of course, you've got Mohamed Salah, who was obviously influential. God, he was so influential last season, 44 goals. But now he's in a central position. I know he's not always central, but he is down the middle. And you can is throw he, Firmino he, in there as well. The question then, is he better than last season? Yes. Because I think he is. All round he is. I've, I mean, I've, look, look at the assist that he put on for, for Van Dijk's goal. 
He played in spurts. Yeah. He played in spurts last season. No, I don't mean that's, that sounds disparaging, but he'd have a 10, 15 minutes where he was absolutely unplayable. Mm. Um, this season, it feels like he's just, he must wreck the heads of opposition players so much because he's absolutely central to everything. And even if he's quiet for 60, he'll have a moment of class and that's that's what the best the best mm. players can do. I think that kind of encapsulates Liverpool as well, doesn't it, this season? Um, you know, last season it was 10, 15 minute spells where <clears throat> the the switch flicked and Liverpool had scored three and run away with the game. But this season it's a lot more calm and measured and it's um, it's almost just constricting the opponents, isn't it? And taking the life away from them slowly and, and just winning games. Um, whereas last season it was a lot more uh, full throttle and hell for leather and you, you didn't know what score games were going to be. You know, Liverpool could easily concede three and you could score four but now it's just if Liverpool score one they'll get a second and they'll win 2-0 and, and they'll be away with the points and ultimately for Liverpool now the way they're defending and you know this is this is the truth for the whole season in in, in domestic competition anyway if Liverpool score one you're not beating them because they only concede one or zero mm-hmm. they haven't conceded two since uh, April against West Brom and that was one where they took their eye off the ball yeah. very very quickly um, because Roma was coming up so you know, if you, when Liverpool went one 0 up there, and I think this is where the, the the switch flicked in my head personally, and then when Liverpool went two 0 up, there was no there was no sense of panic, there was no sense of well, we could get back in this, even though they're a decent team. It was like Liverpool are not conceding two goals here, like it just isn't going to happen. They're so in control, and and even if they have a, a you know a brain fart, in, it will happen in defence. It yeah, will, of course, go it will. the entire season, but no, not conceding two goals. Of course, it will. Game. But. Yeah. But also what they've got in the locker is they can score two, they can score three, they can score four. So mm. this team is more equipped than any other team I can ever remember at this stage of the season to have a proper tilt at the title. Also, because of the rotation you mentioned then and the sheer fact of the amount of quality they've got, they don't seem to be carrying anybody at the moment. Mm. And even when they do have times when, say, for example, on Friday, Naby Keita, for whatever reason, he did get a couple of knocks early on, didn't have a particularly good game. It was this kind of subconscious where we need to give him a hand here. And so the players, without looking as though, you know, they weren't making a, this big decision, let's rally around him, they kind of just helped him a little bit. They didn't just, like, try and... You can, sometimes when people are having a bad game, you can tell the teammates, try and cut them out of the game, as it were. You know what I mean? So they try and help them. Do you remember the, the, was the, the, the game last season where Coutinho wouldn't pass the Robertson? I think it might have been Burnley or... Uh, I'm sure someone will correct me about that if, if I'm wrong, but, you know, it was so obvious that when Coutinho finally did pass the Robertson on the left-hand side, he actually, there was ironic cheers from the cop because they couldn't believe he'd actually been, been found. And, you know, that, that sort of shows you how much Liverpool have, have come on now. Yeah, I mean, as, as you say there, it's no, there's no weak link. So is there in this team? It is a team. Um, it's not like teams of old, like Steven Gerrard and Fernando Torres or Luis Suarez and, and Daniel Sturridge. It, it's every single member of, of that Liverpool squad is playing the part, whether it's Chiquiri coming off the bench or... The midfield's often rotated, isn't it? And Joe Gomez has had a fine season at centre-back, but Bayern Lovren's come in. And everywhere you look, there's players who are, who are basically contributing. And, and that's that's what it's all about. Um, it's it's as simple as that. They're not overly reliant on anyone, despite Mohamed Salah scoring you know, however many goals he's going to end up with or how many man-of-the-matches Van Dijk gets. It is every single one of that. 26-man squad is, is going to play a part. And that's on Klopp as well because it's not just about the, the ability of the players, it's about the personalities and, you know, he personally vets them when he when he comes in, uh, when, when players look to sign for Liverpool. And well, don't you think it's, that's a bit weird in the fact that, you know, Klopp isn't the only person who goes and meets players before they sign? Is, is, is he because, you know, we wouldn't get anybody in here 
with an interview without even like speaking to them before, I would. You wouldn't give them a job. I thought you were going to ask like. that. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do. I, I, you know, it, it's nothing special that he, he he does, I suppose. But it's just his nose for a player and a nose for the personality. It's also a nose for himself. That sounds a bit of an odd thing. Yeah, to he say, knows the type of player knows, he wants yeah, to work with, yeah. and it's, it's personality and character yeah. as much as playing. Ability and let's face it, personality and character is one thing that Klopp's got in abundance, mm, isn't it? So I'm he, not saying none of these other managers have got one, but his is so. Obvious, and he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He doesn't necessarily want his players to be like that, but that does give him the ability to know exactly right. I can work with this person. I can work with that. And it also comes from the experience of seven years at, at Mainz, where he took them up to the Bundesliga, and seven years at Borussia Dortmund, where he won the Bundesliga title and got them to a Champions League final. And I think you can sort of see it in the way the makeup of the squad. There's the, there's a little bit of everything there, isn't there? There's the superstars who, who want to become one of the best. You've got players like Andy Robertson who've come, and he sort of said, "Well, I'll you know not necessarily resurrect your career, but I will." You know, take you to the next level. Players like Gino Wijnaldum, you know, Shakiri, like Robertson, it's part of relegated sides. It, it, basically, what Klopp's doing there is finding the players who can buy into his style, is both for style of playing and a style of management. And that's that's as important as anything else because it, you know he's a. It, it's not just about who the best team is. This is what we said. Now it, it, it's not about just you know, if that was the case. Manchester United would be battling at the top of the Premier League alongside City. It's about the best squad and 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 the the way you use those players, and and that's a big part of what Klopp's doing at Liverpool. And we've got a story on our website now. It's quotes from Wayne Rooney talking on VT Sport yesterday about how it, how great it must be to to work for Jurgen Klopp. He's um, it, it's simple, really. He says if you like your boss, you you're going to be more likely to to dig in and, and work harder and, and work better. And that's basically what it comes down to, isn't it, for Liverpool? How many times do you see him giving out the bear hooks to to all the players, and every player is always very effusive in the in the praise for for Jurgen Klopp, and he says it himself he's not the he's not their best friend, but he is a friend, and um, you can see it in the results that they're getting. Um, Sorry, good good. No, it's just uh, Rooney said something along the lines of um, the days of ruling with an iron fist are gone, and. And um, no one epitomises that more than Jürgen Klopp, I think. I think we've talked about it on Friday as well. I think, you know, you look at Guardiola, maybe less so than Klopp, actually certainly less so than Klopp, but certainly when you look at Mourinho and, and the way he was still trying to manage these players, mm. I think Klopp's very good at gauging temperature and he understands which way football's gone and he understands which way footballers have is, gone. Is he like a football thermometer? He is, he is, yes. he is. Yeah, he's, he he's the mercury. The yeah, the football, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> but he is, he, he, he gauges that temperature and he sort of understands and... I hate it, but he's a millennial manager. He understands this this idea that these young gentlemen in the early to mid twenties they have certain needs, they have certain desires. It's not necessarily money. It's not necessarily you know to be castigated in front of everybody. What you know, it, it, it's the carrot and stick idea, and he gives it a lot more carrot than a lot more yeah. stick. And he knows what what will you know motivate them to, to become better. And he's he's gauged that temperature and he struck it perfectly. I mean, we mentioned him just a few times then as, as the man of the match, and he probably was. But Virgil van Dijk, you know, we're running out of things to to say about him now. I mean, Christian, would you say that he is the best defender ever to be named after a wrestling psychic? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the million dollar man, Sevi, for, for a long time. Seventy five million dollars. Very good. There's another headline. Yeah, yeah, but you know, quite possibly. Um, I don't think Liverpool have ever had a centre back called Slick anyway, have they? Or, uh, or the genius? Who could else it be, we... could it be Mr. Perfect? Though? He, he, oh, I, th- I, I think, think, I think, yeah. he's... and he is a bit of a Hulk. He is a Hulk. Yes. 
Um, and he kills those uh, the, is, is, those is, attacks is, stone is, cold. Is, gonna say, is he Liverpool's ultimate warrior? Though? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I did I'm also showing my age in that. One last one, one last one. But with that finish, he was absolutely a sharpshooter or a hitman. There you go. But yes, back 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 to back to football rather than 1990s WWF. Um, as much as I would love to <laughs> can, talk can about we get WWF. ravishing Rick Rude in there anyway? We, we, no? we certainly no. can't, can we? Um, but he could be the heartbreak kid to Manchester City. Oh, very good. But, uh, all of our non-wrestling fans have lost us there. Um, <laughs> That's everybody then. Yeah. We'll talk about the British Bulldog Andy Robertson in a bit anyway. <laughs> I met him once. Who? The British Bulldog. He's from your neck of the woods, isn't he's he? From Wigan, well, so if, if he's from Wigan. If he's from, from Wigan area and I'm from St. Helens, where did I meet him? You met him in Florida? Yeah, you know the yeah, story. Yeah. I met him in the airport, Orlando airport. When I was we got on the same plane? He, he was um, meeting relatives who were flying over. This was in 1991, so... Did he have the dreadlocks? He did, yeah. There's a picture. No, you're not seeing it. Oh. <laughs> Why did you have dreadlocks as well? <laughs> no, I just... Yeah, I'd heard. There's a start. <laughs> right, Virgil anyway, van Dyke. Yeah. yeah, no, Virgil van Do you know what... I can't believe he's wasted so much of his career at Celtic and Southampton. And I don't mean yeah. that with any disparaging remark, but I suppose it is sort of. But I, <laughs> the ultimate. Yeah, Celtic are, an amazing, yeah. Celtic are an amazing club, aren't they? I don't mean. But my God, what a, what a football. I don't think there's anyone. There's no one best in the Premier League. Absolute zero arguments about that. No one the best in the Premier League. And then, you know, even without winning a major trophy, he's up there. In the upper echelons of Europe now, he's he's absolutely imperious. That moment against Wolves, yeah. when uh, Adama Traore tries to take him on in a foot yeah, race, yeah. and I mean, Adama Traore, I thought he was awful on um, on Friday. Wasn't he made to be awful though? He was made. No, he's not a great player. Though. He's he's not great yeah, well, there you go. Wolves' tactic was to get Jimenez to hold the ball up and then release um, Moutinho, re- re- release um, Traore. Traore up against Van Dijk one on one. Because you thought, oh, he's got the pace, and look at Van Dijk, he's this big lumber, and it's like, well, actually, oh, he's, no, he's, he's not. He's, he's, no, he's, he's not rapid. He's, yeah. he's absolutely rapid. Yeah. He's seen something similar when he was against Mbappe for Holland, against uh, mm-hmm. France, and it was a similar thing. He just, he just stood up, wasted his time, and then just came away with the ball. The thing about Van Dijk is that, you, when's the last time you saw him make a slight no, challenge? He did one the other week. He did, well, actually. Well, yeah, he, I didn't think that when he actually made one, it. Yeah. Yeah. He did make a slight <laughs> challenge. But in general... That's why he doesn't make them. But in general, he's always just in place, isn't he? And that's because he reads the game so well, and then he's actually got the recovery pace. You know, he does. You don't get to see it much because he doesn't have to recover much. But he's got the recovery pace there to, to sniff it out as well. It feels like he's the complete defender. I don't think that if there's one weakness in this game, one, it might be the fact that maybe he's a little bit too good and sometimes that might impinge on his concentration. But again, or, I think Klopp's working on that. Or perhaps he doesn't score as often as he should do and now he's, yeah. he's got that goal at, at Wolves. I mean, I mean, Paul wrote that a couple of months ago. That That's mm-hmm. the one thing that he yeah. needs to add to his game with, with goals. I think Sammy Hippie scored 35. Yeah, he scored a ridiculous he scored more than John Arisha, which I couldn't yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a weird stat. Yeah. We, did, we did a quiz on it once. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's... But you know what? What a finish that is because ultimately, as much as he's, he's maybe missed a couple of easyish headers, maybe three headers that you would have expected him to put away. There's not many centre backs who will have controlled a, a finish like that in the mm. way he did. It was it was a striker's finish, and he's he's just a remarkable player front to back. He had a similar-ish chance against uh, Arsenal, didn't he? Where the free kick yeah. came over, and he, he this time he then he chose to control it, then hit it, which was all technically brilliant, but he just hit it straight at the keeper, didn't he? The Blood Red Podcast. Brought to you by 35.com. Play today at thepools.com. Uh, well, he wasn't just the only, we mentioned Salah already. Fabinho and Jordan Henderson 
the amount of time we've spent on this podcast. The age-old debate. Yes, deciding. It, but I believe that, you know, Merry Christmas war is over because the two warring factions online anyway, they can't really do it anymore because Jurgen Klopp for the first time started with the pair of them and... They kind of worked it out between themselves, didn't they? It did. There was a little bit of teething problems in the first ten minutes because well, it would help because Fabinho kept on passing to uh, to Wolves. That didn't help. Yeah. yeah. Well, what did Henderson do wrong? Uh, no, I'm not going to start the war again. It's fine. <laughs> this is like no man's land in 1916. No, it's 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 a um, the, the, they do seem to complement each other. Certainly, in those type of games because they can be controlling, but they also they both move the ball very quickly and I think that's really important in a game like that against Wolves and I think it's important in, in a lot of games we talk about. I mentioned that Henderson moved the ball quickly once and I got told off online because they said, you're saying that's a quality, moving the ball quickly. And I was like, yeah, Certainly is for you in club because yeah, exactly. it, it adds yeah. that relentless nature of you don't get a minute and yeah. it, it doesn't have to all be you know pressing into the space and, and being in your face. It can just literally be Oh God, Liverpool got the ball again, and now it's coming forward to us again. There's, there's, you know, it's it, it in a way it's a little bit like a long ball in terms of you know if you get a long ball assault back in the day against an Allardyce team or a Pulis team, sometimes you'd feel just beleaguered, you know. But this is different. This is balls are always going forward. They're always going to the feet of players who can do things in the smallest of spaces. And that must be mentally and physically tiring for the opposition, and, and, and so it proved against Wolves. I thought they, they complemented each other really well. I thought um, Fabinho, again, continues to surprise me about how good he looks going forward. I think the one thing that you saw from him that you don't necessarily see from any other of Liverpool's midfielders, maybe bar Keita, but I, I wouldn't have Keita as a central midfielder at the moment for Liverpool because he's playing out ultimately in that Coutinho-like position. Yeah. The old half spaces. Yeah, he's, he's, he's loving the half spaces. Yeah. yeah. Um, 11 and a half <laughs> what we're seeing from Fabinho in that first goal is he drives into the space and, and he and he's he's physical enough but, but athletic enough to drive into that space play the one-two and then pick out a fantastic pass I didn't think Liverpool were getting that when they signed them I must admit and we said this on Friday I think it was you, you, you didn't see this coming certainly if you hadn't watched them I yeah. think a few people from France maybe sort of said it but in general, I, I thought Liverpool were getting themselves a destroyer and what they've got yeah. something far more on the front foot. And, 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 and he created that first goal because he picked up the ball and instead of clipping it back, I mean, to be fair, he clipped it to Mane for Man United and it was a fantastic uh, ball, but he picked up the ball, drove at them, one two with Mane and then the, 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 the option opened up. So The reason yeah. he's able to do that, though, is because last week it was Wijnaldum, Paul, this week it was Henderson. Legs. So, yeah, there's somebody else there in and around him. And I thought it was quite interesting that Henderson just seemed to instinctively know, right, this is what I need to do today. Whether the manager told him or not, I don't know. But because, as Christian just said, it took him a little while to work it out in the early early part of the game. But after that, in the second half, I thought Henderson came into his own in the second yeah. half when Liverpool were controlling the game. And I think that's where he's, he, had, he is at his best. Yeah, you're right. And as you say, it's the first time they started together. So there will be some teething problems with, with stuff like that because they're essentially both been playing as the whole midfielder, haven't they? But I think Fabinho's importance is growing, isn't it? Every week I think he might have started seven of the last eight, something like that, seven of the, maybe the last nine. And he's claimed two assists and two opening goal assists that have been really important. So Liverpool were, were well on top against Manchester United but just couldn't quite create anything and then he knocks that ball over the top to Mane and as soon as it, as soon as it went in, it was, you kind of thought that it was going to be Liverpool's day and... It was the same again on Friday when he, he slid it into to Salah and he tucked it away so well. So, <clears throat> and with you, but Christian, I didn't think we were getting the, that type of player. I thought from what you read about him, he was a defensive midfielder and, and he was very much there to destroy, but he, he does like to get forward, doesn't he? I hope I'm, um, sorry. 
No, I was just going to say, he, he's certainly got a few more strings to, to his bow than I initially thought he had anyway. I mean, I hope I'm not to bring any confidence here, Christian, but you sat in the away end mm. at uh, at the game and you were a couple with of... Trent. <laughs> with Trent? I was going to say, a couple of rows away from Trent. Well, I'm going to ask you, what was that like? I'm assuming he got a lot of uh, attention, certainly a lot of time from the pictures that we saw. But also James Milner did something nice after the game as well, didn't he? Yeah, uh, Trent was Trent was brilliant. Um, he... I assume you didn't sound from the echo. <laughs> he, oh, he wouldn't, he didn't... give him a little nod. No, um, <laughs> he... Um, he, he was he was fantastic with the fans. He, he was he was hounded. To be fair, I don't think he'll be going back in the away end um, <laughs> because it was one of those. Uh, you know, thankfully he's, 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 he should be fifth for Newcastle, so that's all very good news. Did he celebrate the goals? Uh, I didn't see um, because I was too busy taking notes myself about the goals. <laughs> um, but no, he's a professional. Yeah, of course. Um, didn't celebrate them at all myself. Uh, no, he was half time. He pretty much a line of, of of people waiting to take selfies with him, and um, I think footage emerged from underneath the stand. Um, he did he did leave early. Uh, I will I will mark his card for that one. Um, probably wants to beat that traffic on Mark Friday. Long, you know, long, it's, long, long trap. Yeah, tra- yeah. Um, long trip back. But no, he he, he you know it, it was great. I remember when Carragher did it at Middlesbrough when he had a broken leg. Was it? Um, Gerard did it at Villa, didn't Gerard he? Gerard did it at Villa, and did I think he? Carragher did yeah, it. Uh, I think it's important. I don't know whose decision that was, whether it was Trent, whether Jürgen might have had a word. You know, but, but either way, I think it was a very. <laughs> I don't think you imagine that if you if, if Klopp had said like, "Hey Trent, you're you're injured. Go and sit in the away end." <laughs> well, you know, or, or, uh, you'd imagine he would have sanctioned it. He would. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And he thought it was a good idea. So um, it's just a nice little bond. And yeah, you know, on that note, um, James Milner uh, went over to. Uh, Couple of players did it um, to give the shirts at the end, you know, nice little Christmas presents. And uh, James Miller tried to give a shirt to uh, two young boys on the, the front row, um, and it, well, he did. Um, and then they noticed that there was a, a young, uh, sorry, not young, an elderly gentleman in a wheelchair. Um, I think he was eighty-one years of age. He had a sign saying, "It's my eighty-first birthday." Um, he was looking good for eighty-one. Wasn't he was. He, he was yeah. looking really good. Uh, please, can I have a shirt? So, so the two young boys uh, decided to. Give James Milner's shirt to uh, to that gentleman, which you know, I mean, you know, again, not breaking any confidence. I know the lad's dad. Um, he's a he's a he's a great fellow. There's no surprise that his that his young lads are, are growing up to be young, upstanding gentlemen too. And then as a thank you, James Milner obviously caught wind of of what they did. The, you know, the fact that they give up the his shirt to uh, to the, to this gentleman and um, said they both a signed shirt. So. I think it just shows you the feeling around the club at the minute. Yeah. I think the fans, and this is look, this is what Klopp's tried from day one. The fans and the players are all at one. Yes, obviously it's a lot easier when Liverpool are one fifteen drawn three out of eighteen, four points off the league. But I think they'd, that they'd, they'd have done that anyway, wouldn't they? They That's would have the done thing. that. But there is definitely a a bond here between the between the players and the fans. Now, there's a lot of envious eyes being cast towards Liverpool. It seems at the moment that some of them are coming from Manchester United. I mean, uh, Wayne Rooney was a former mm-hmm. Manchester United player. He was on BT Sport after United uh, beat Cardiff 5-1 at the weekend, which obviously means United are now going to win the Champions League under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, if you believe everything you read. But he was saying some uh, very nice things about Jürgen Klopp, saying he, he's, he's a dream. He was, yeah. He, he basically said he's, he's a manager that you'd love to work for. And I think you know hundreds of professional footballers across the land would, would tell you the same thing. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a weird one because... For someone of my age, I've never known a, a, a golfing class as the way it is now, with Liverpool being so much superior to, to Manchester United. Obviously, for years it was United winning all the titles in the nineties, wasn't it? And Liverpool were either coming up short or coming up a, a very long 
uh, distance, whatever it may be, fifth or sixth. But it's um, it, it's strange time, really, to, to see United in the doldrums a little bit and Liverpool flying high, four points clear at Christmas. Uh, long may I continue. But, yeah, it's it. You know, so many people talk about how great Jürgen Klopp must be to work for as a manager. We hear all the Liverpool players themselves saying as much when they're, when they're asked about it. So, um, you know, it, it must be a dream for, for footballers. Yeah, just for a bit of colour here, we're recording the podcast in our special podcast room and all the lights have just gone out. So, uh, Just we're, like we're Wolves on Friday? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Can we bring we're that up, please, gonna, actually? Yeah, okay, Can yeah, we bring that up? I actually really enjoyed that before the game. It went on for a bit, like, but... When they said, "Oh, we're going to have a bit of a what was it? We're going to have a light light shows coming on now, and anybody, you know, we're going to have some flashing lights, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And you're thinking, "Oh, what's this going to be?" And they had, they had <laughs> fat, a guy in a DJ booth. They had yeah. fat boy Slim yeah. playing Ibiza. It was pretty <laughs> incredible. Really, was spinning tracks, and, and it definitely went on for a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. And then there was the old fire shooting things and the strobe lights and. Didn't have any glow sticks, which was a little was bit very, disappointing. I did. NFL-esque, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's why Christian was loving it. I was, oh, yeah, go Bears. I was, uh, <laughs> I was absolutely, I was loving it. I was also loving the fireworks because it was absolutely hammering it down um, and it just warmed me up a little bit. Yeah, so The weather was somewhat poor. It was, but, but, and again, you know, to tie it into something that we talked about earlier in the pod as well, this is very sort of like when the old lights are on. Oh, the lights are going back the Undertaker here. <laughs> is, yeah. Continuing on our wrestling Dong. theme. Yes. Um, yeah, and it, but also the Jamie Carragher did a, a, a column this week, Paul, um, talking about Manchester United, saying that Pochettino should be, you know, the favourite for, for their job because United are a bigger club than Spurs and always will be. And a former Tottenham defender who Christian did not know of, and I don't think you would have done, Graham Roberts, who played in the eighties, he was a little bit naughty. He basically said under saying, "Well, shouldn't he go in for Klopp then?" Yeah, because you imagine that. <laughs> in what in what world would that ever transpire? That'd be the most incredible thing you've ever seen if, if Klopp jumped ship and went to Manchester United. I think I think Jamie Carragher's right. I think Manchester United are a bigger club than Spurs. Um, it's it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Even though United is struggling at the moment, um, they'll always be a bigger club. And United um, maintain their reputation as one of the the elite clubs in the world. Um, so I think. Long term, I think it might be a good move for Mauricio Pochettino if he does decide to to move to to, um, to Manchester United. And ticking my uh, little box of my weekly dig at Spurs as well. So all good. Um, Feels like it should almost be like a, you know like a sort of doily's <laughs> corner. Do you know what I mean? Just just, just how do we get it in some, there? Yeah, doily's shouting into the abyss, <laughs> and you never, you never respond to. Him. <laughs> uh, just one final thing then before we look at the Newcastle game is Sergio Ramos again. He's been a Getting to well, he, he was the centre of attention. Basically, Real Madrid were playing in the Club World Cup final over in Dubai against a, a United Arab Emirates club. They won four-one easy. He scored, but he got dogs abuse all the way through the game, presumably because of what he did to Mohamed Salah. And uh, people aren't going to forget this anytime soon, are they, Christian? No, and it's 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 a funny one, isn't it? Because you do feel like he, don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic player, but you do feel like. He, Stuff like that will define his career when, when he when he finally you know he scored a hell of a lot of goals he's, he scored in Champions League finals he is a winner you know there's no doubt about that it's, it's part of what he does is his winning mentality but I do feel like he's he's definitely he's taken Pepe's mantle hasn't he as sort of like the, yeah. the, the, the big villain of he's football probably he's, nemesis. he's he's probably spent too much time around Pepe yeah, for that, being honest that, that's yeah. probably it so yeah. it feels like he's sort of picked up where Pepe left off when he um, when he went to Besiktas so. You know, it it feels like it's it's old news now. I feel like I don't think like Liverpool. I think because of Liverpool's start of the new season, I think he ever is almost. It won't be consigned to to, to the memory banks, but I, I do feel like it, Liverpool are, are going the best about getting over it. 
Um, well, when we come to write the big book of 2018, that that incident in that fine will probably be the biggest regret of anybody. Well, I thought from a Liverpool, Liverpool perspective. Liverpool would have lifted the European Cup if that ever happened. Brought mm. on an unfit Adam Lallana playing out of position. Yeah. Which again brings us back to why they signed all those players in the summer yeah. and why they're doing so well at the but moment. It's a good they thing that rotate. Liverpool weren't in that competition actually because that could have played havoc with the, this title challenge. That's a very good point. So, so you're Dubai. saying that's a blessing in disguise then that Liverpool did not win the Champions no, League? No, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't <laughs> go that far. It, it wasn't for Gorsty when he was watching the final on holiday. He's not allowed back on that resort. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on then to uh, moving on to Newcastle on Boxing Day. Return of, of Rafael Benitez to Anfield once again. Christian, I mean Newcastle, they're a bit of a they're a hard watch this season, but they're going to get the, probably get the points to keep them up, which is you know given the, what's happening up there in the northeast, that'll be quite a big achievement for Rafa. But again, it's a game that Liverpool probably will make some changes. We'll come to the team in a bit. Anything other than the Liverpool victory, you'd be surprised, wouldn't you? You would. This is probably what they said on the Blue Moon podcast um, <laughs> about the, the, the City versus Palace. But uh, yeah, if anything, maybe that Man City game will just focus Liverpool's minds even more and just to say, look, you cannot take any team for granted in this Premier League. And you know, Rafa will come. He will. Let, let's just because he's a former Liverpool manager, we, he will park the bus. You know, people have a go with Mourinho for it. Obviously, it's far different in terms of resource. But, you know, Rafa will park the bus with that team. He's got every right to park the bus with that team. Um, it's just for Liverpool to find a way around it. And what we've seen so far this season is that they've got a, a team more than capable of of skinning this cat more than one way. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go ahead and say if Liverpool have got any designs to win the Premier League, they need to be taking the three points because we've just seen that anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Um, <laughs> Bearing in, in mind that um, Liverpool, the previous times that they've been top at Christmas in the Premier League era, over the next few games immediately afterwards, the results haven't been particularly yeah. great. You think of 13-14, I know the, the opposition was difficult, they lost successive mm. games to City and Chelsea. In 08-09, you know, they drew three of the next five games, and I know it's going a long way back, 96-97, they, I think they only won three of the next six or something, or took seven points for the next five games, sorry. So that's almost the momentum that they had immediately. They lost it, but they haven't yeah. been this far ahead on mm-hmm. any of those. And when they were sig- a significant number of points ahead, two or three, the other teams had games in hand. Yeah, I, f- I think looking back on those title challenges, 08-09 was always a little bit of a, a red heron because United were over in... Yes, they were playing in the Club World Cup. They were yeah, playing in the Club exactly, World Cup. Yeah. So that was always a red heron. They were top, but United had about four games in hand, I think. In, in 13-14, saying before, there was only two points between the top five and, yeah. and, and Everton were fifth. Yeah, it was a, it was very much... A, and I think Liverpool had already lost to Southampton and, and Arsenal. And Arsenal. Yeah. Um, and no team was really emerging as a, as a genuine contender at that point. It was... I think I remember that era and you know that season and I think I remember thinking you know why haven't we got a chance to win the league because they had Barkley they had Martinez his football was, yeah, was, yeah. was exploding into life so um, yeah it is different this time I also think Manchester City will help focus minds more again because what felt like a curse before now becomes almost a, a help to them in, in the sense that a blessing to them because where does oh god City have won again you know we've got to catch up with them we've got to maintain now Liverpool are going to be saying well okay we're ahead and we've got to keep ahead and if we slip up we know what's waiting behind us so you know Liverpool are in a unique position for them and um, so are Manchester City though and that's what's going to be interesting because when Liverpool beat Man City they were the first teams to inflict defeat on them last season um, City had already won the title let's face it they were, they were already just double figures ahead of anybody else in the Premier League 
in the um, previous season they had a bit of a wobble and the Chelsea would run the way with it it was actually Liverpool who was sort of their closest challenger so this time it's going to be interesting to see how City adapt to the fact that they're chasing um, they're not necessarily getting the results they're desiring but they've still got to keep and maintain that momentum could get to the point I, I, you know you look at this it's a vital win for Liverpool if they manage to do it on Boxing Day because worst case scenario absolute worst case scenario Liverpool will be going into that Etihad game ahead of yeah. of um, Manchester City and then worst case scenario after that they'll be two points behind Manchester City with a fair portion of the season to go now that is worst case that's them losing to Arsenal and losing to Manchester City and they would have played then Arsenal twice and Man City twice exactly have to play them again. Yeah. so a, a victory against Newcastle is I mean every victory is imperative but it really feels like maintain this momentum even though I don't necessarily believe in it in football um, and just <laughs> you don't believe in momentum I, I don't it's an intangible you can't you can't define it it's just it is what it is it's just but it, it's hard but, to, to regain it once it kind of yeah once it, it. it's more it's not momentum it's more confidence isn't it and that's and what comes from confidence um, do you believe in confidence? I do. So it's not really momentum. It's about maintaining <laughs> confidence. Um, confidence breeds momentum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's just a, another way of saying but momentum got, doesn't exist. Going to Christian. No. Uh, so ultimately, a victory against Newcastle and Liverpool are in a very nice position, and, and ultimately will be going into FA Cup weekend. So you know, it's it's really important to get the three points. Paul, do you believe in confidence, momentum, and that you can fly? Yeah, I believe in miracles. <laughs> um, I think if you you would have picked the fixture list. Uh, back in June, I think Jurgen Klopp probably might have said a home game against Newcastle on Boxing Day. It's just, it's ideal, isn't it? Newcastle squad is just littered with players who should be in the Championship, and Rafa Benitez <laughs> is doing really well to basically keep wow. them. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> he's Keep them. I do, have, I do have one particular Newcastle player. I'm not. I'll mention it at the next podcast after the game because I don't want to jinx it. That I just think he's just hopeless. Anyway, go on. Yeah, so I think it's an ideal. Uh, fixture for Liverpool. I think it's uh, it's one of them where Klopp could make several changes and Liverpool still have more than enough to, to come away with the three points. And um, it's not been nice to see Rafa back at Anfield, wouldn't it? So I think what you get with Liverpool nowadays against these sorts of teams as well. I think at one nil, two nil, I think teams give up against Liverpool and not in a oh we can't. I think they just say we, we'll we'll pick our battle another day. Mm. Why why are you going to run your ollies off for for the last half hour against Liverpool when you're probably not going to score? when you've got to get a big relegation decider two, three days later where you go, do you know what? If I'm Rafa and Liverpool are 2-0 up on 60, I'm taking off my three best players. Well, that's kind of what happened last season, wasn't it? When they played City around about a similar time and they basically just give up the ghost early on mm. and just thought we've got bigger fish to fry next week when we were playing you know, whoever it was. So they want to fry those fish instead of Liverpool. That's great. Yeah. Can we get a wrestler out of that? No. Which? Out of frying fish? Um, no. No, no, no. Was, there was no, fisherman suplex, wasn't there? Yeah, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word that's, for that's it. That's the perfect flex. Yeah. <laughs> Ghosty mentioned then changes. Uh, what are we expecting then? Do we think Klein might come back in? Is yes. this the game yeah. for Alberto Moreno? Yes, it has yeah. to be. If he doesn't yeah. play now, he never will. Are we thinking he may rest one of the front three? I think yeah. Sturridge might start. Yeah, yeah. I think he could. Or maybe Shakiri. But Shakiri. So there's four. If you're talking about it, why not them come back in now? Isn't it the club? well? An interesting one then is, do we think Lovren can last the four games over Christmas? Because we've had one. The other two are obviously big games. Is it a game where perhaps Fabinho goes centre-back or would that be absolute last resort and Klopp just has to put faith in Lovren to stay stood up for the next week? It's an interesting one, isn't it, that? Because he, does, uh, he doesn't tend to, to play a whole run of games anymore, does he, Diane Lovren, if he ever did at Liverpool? 
think think there might be something in that, yeah. I still think it's four games in two weeks, and it'll be interesting to go back and see how much Lovren has played. I um, think he's only played something like five or six Premier League games this season. Doesn't feel like he gets a run, does it, recently? But I'd well, be minded. He didn't play till the, was it Man City first game? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, was mid-October, yeah. and then he had the con- the concussion recently. Well, that, that's the thing. The concussion is that's not a that's no, not a physical yeah, injury. No, but is he it? still didn't play though, did he? No, no, but that that he should be fresher. Really, he should. You know, he, he should be fresher. I'd be minded to play him. I think you look at Man City, and I, I wouldn't want to accuse Guardiola of complacency. But some of those, he saw Palace as is the game where you rest players, um, you make a fair few changes, and you can get through it. Um, not you know, not for me. Um, well, Liverpool did that at Red Star, didn't they? And that nearly exactly. well, that so, backfired in that game and nearly backfired over I, the you know, course of the Champions Even League though group. I don't think you, Newcastle will, will get very close to Liverpool's goal much of the time, it only takes a moment to, to undo 18 games good work. So I'd keep with Lovren. So what are we saying with the team then? Alisson and goal. Yes. Who are we saying right back? Klein. 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 Left back? Moreno. I think Moreno's yeah. playing. Yeah. Yeah. Moreno. Centre-backs? Van Dijk and... Lovren. Lovren. Okay, midfield. We've got to say forty-three on because he's been. This well, is that's the control. This is, this is now, yeah. 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 So you reckon <clears throat> Sturridge plays? Yeah. So Sturridge yeah. plays. Who's dropping out the front three? I think he gives Firmino. Firmino, yeah. So Salah must be on the right then, or you're saying Salah behind Sturridge? Salah behind Sturridge. It's interesting. So you're not Shakiri behind? Shakiri, right. Shakiri, I mean, yeah. Well, well, I suppose they'll those two will sort of. Okay, swap so, over. and then Manny on the left, yeah. and then we're left with the two in midfield. Who are going to be? I think it'll be Fabinho. Will be one. So Fabinho, Wijnaldum. Fabinho, Wijnaldum. Well, there you go. We, we don't generally uh, get a consensus on the team. Uh, so, final thing, scoreline? 2-0 uh, Liverpool. After after my absolutely atrocious shout of Wolves beating Liverpool 2-1, yeah. which never never came in. Liverpool, I don't think it'll be a goal fest. I think Liverpool no. will, will just see up. I think they'll get the job done yeah. within 60 and then I think, all eyes to Arsenal. I agree with 2-0. Yeah. Um, I can't see it being a, a five and a, a 4, 5 and 6. I think it just will be a little similar, similar to Wolves in the way it's measured and Routine two 0 What I would say though about don't go for four five six. I don't think they will, but that goal difference is starting to thirty five five now, isn't it? It's like they're on thirty seven and Liverpool are on thirty two, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It was essentially a, another point, wasn't it? A few weeks yeah. ago, it was like twelve thirteen. Mm-hmm. And and Liverpool have got two more home games remaining this season compared to Manchester City. So yeah. there's it's a little. All is rosy at Christmas, indeed. And on that bombshell, we, we should bombshell even. We shall finish. Uh, just like to wish all of our listener. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all uh, one of you <laughs> listened about 20,000 times just to get the numbers up um, <laughs> <laughs> that's me <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> just wish you all a, a very Merry Christmas and we will speak to you again in a who few knows I don't know it's Christmas after chances on well, the other side all I know is that I'm not in after that so it's not going to be me anyway right cheerio You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.